following radio programs are original broadcasts. While enhancements have been made to the audio for clarity and listener enjoyment, no other edits or modifications have been made. The listener may hear advertisements and notices for tobacco products, alcohol, food, and or services that may no longer be available, nor are they endorsed by whose blind life is it anyway. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome everyone to a great episode of Arts, the Afternoon Radio Theater Sunday, where we broadcast old-time radio from yesteryear. That's right, I am not Monica Jones, I am Victor Gouveia. Monica Jones has come down with a splitting headache, so if you guys have the wherewithal, please help me in wishing her well wishes and uh, pray for her uh, relief, as, as it may be. Remember, if you like what you're about to hear, hit that like button. We are coming to you live this week. We were supposed to go live with Monica, but as I said, Monica came down ill with something and uh, she's not able to do it. Um, but if you do like it, hit that like button and show her that you appreciate the, what we broadcast here on Arts. Also, if you want to follow us, you can do so on our Facebook page. Also, on Twitter at Blind Who's. That's B-L-I-N-D-W-H-O-S-E. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel. By all means, go hit us up on YouTube. But those are the three places we go live. If you can't catch us live, you can always catch us on podcasts everywhere. We are on most podcast catchers, all except for Audible. Audible is being quite snobbish. But we are on its sister platform, Amazon Music. You name it, we're there. Google, Spotify, uh, QCast, uh, we're there. You can even find us. You can even find us on the Victor line of players, of course, and you can catch us on smart speakers everywhere. If you want to get in touch with Monica, maybe you have some requests, some feedback about the show. Uh, send her an email: Afternoon Radio Theater Sunday. That's S U N D A E, not D A Y, at gmail.com. Again, that's Afternoon Radio Theater Sunday, S-U-N-D-A-E, at gmail.com. So I'm taking her place. I'm not sure if I know as much about old-time radio as she does, but I shall endeavor to try my best. Uh, This week, we're presenting... An icon of American Westerns, the Lone Ranger, and his trusty sidekick, Tonto, and I guess their trusted horses, Silver, and, uh, oh shoot, I forgot what Tonto's horse's name was, uh, Shadow, I think, 
I think so. But anyway, The Lone Ranger was first started by a couple of writers in 1933 in Detroit for a little radio station out there. Eventually, they got a huge market by moving over to Buffalo. And then the world caught on. And uh, they took it national. The Lone Ranger has spawned over almost 3,000 episodes on its radio uh, program alone. Not to mention the various books that were written by Franz Stryker. And, of course, there is the Lone Ranger television show, which aired on uh, CBS, I believe. For several years after that. Uh, Alternatively. There were a couple of movies. uh, Of the Lone Ranger. Both uh, in the early years. And in the late 20th. Early 21st century. Uh, I believe one of them. That floundered. Was the one where Johnny Depp. Starred as Tonto. Which was supposed to be a comedy, but it was nothing of the sort. But anyway, <laughs> I have no place to talk about the Lone Ranger like that because uh, he's never really been one of my true heroes. But then I've never been into Westerns, but, you know, what can you say? Now, the Lone Ranger was played on radio by a well-known celebrity celebrity at the time, uh, Earl Grazer, and he played upwards of almost 1,500 episodes, if not more, uh, on the radio, and he had a car accident and unfortunately died. So they couldn't really... They couldn't keep doing it, but the announcer for Earl Grazer's episodes did eventually step into his uh, role as the Lone Ranger, and uh, he became the Lone Ranger for good, uh, well, the rest of the almost 3,000 episodes. Having said that, we uh, um, the first one we're going to broadcast is the very first, sorry, not the very first, but the tribute to Earl Grazer that the radio broadcast actually played. So, um, here is the episode tribute to Earl Grazer. This morning, there appeared in the New York Times an editorial which expressed clearly, beautifully, and sincerely the feeling that many have had these last few days 
concerning the Lone Ranger. Because it is so completely and admirably summing up these feelings, and because many who share them may not yet have had the opportunity to see the editorial, we read it now. The Immortal Ranger. Earl H. Grazer was killed in an automobile wreck early Tuesday morning, but the rumor that the Lone Ranger is dead is unfounded. It was a man who died, a man with a silver voice, a modest, pleasant personality, several college degrees, and it was said, an ambition to act Hamlet. His death, like the deaths he tried to prevent in his radio campaign for safety, was pitifully unnecessary. But he didn't take the Lone Ranger with him. The Lone Ranger doesn't die, and Silver, his horse, will never get broken-winded. The Lone Ranger, under that name, came into being in this generation for a radio public. But under various names, he has been alive for many centuries. He was Ulysses, William Tell, and Robin Hood. He was Richard the Lionhearted and the Black Prince. He was Kit Carson, Daniel Boone, and Davy Crockett. He was honest, truthful, and brave. And so he remained. He got into dangers that would paralyze an ordinary man. But if there was an injustice to be righted, a wrong to be prevented, he liked danger. In the simple hearts of children, and possibly of adults, who were willing to take a vacation from what unhappily was to have to be printed nowadays on the first pages of newspapers, he was as real as the policeman on the corner. He still is, and his trusty steed waits to carry him on his errands across the face of the wondrous west, where the air is crystal and virtue never lacks for its reward. Listen. There is a beating of the hooves, as in the nick of time he swings into action. Ride, Tonto. Ride, Lone Ranger. Hi, yo, Silver. This was an editorial which appeared in the New York Times this morning. And that was the tribute to Earl Grazer. He was an icon at the time. Like I said, he did play the Lone Ranger for over 1,500 episodes. But again, all lives must come to pass. And uh, his was no different. Unfortunately, he had to uh, pass away because of his car accident. And... Uh, there isn't much to tell about that. Um, he is buried somewhere down in Hollywood somewhere. And uh, I'm sure his uh, plot is a memorial site of some kind to the guy. Our next episode is titled The Haunted Mansion. Now, I have to say that this one is a lot more truer to the comic book version because the comic book version actually went into the little more fantastic. And 
this one is kind of geared towards that, uh, albeit not entirely. But again, one has to think fanciful when someone thinks of the Haunted Mansion. So check it out and tell me what you think. See if it should be in the comic book series. I'm not sure if any of these shows made it to the comic book series, but for sure, this one might have uh, been a good, excuse me, a good idea. Oh, sorry, it isn't the Haunted Mansion, it's the Haunted Ranch. I apologize, folks. Uh, as I said, I'm not that keen on old-time radio, but uh, I should learn to read at some point. But anyway, here is the Haunted Ranch for your entertainment. Yesteryear, 
From out of the past come the thundering hoofbeats of the great horse, Silver. The Lone Ranger rides again. Oh, Silver! Hi, big fellow! Oh, Silver! Hi! While Dan Reed was at school, he shared a room with his friend Bob Gerson. Many a happy hour was spent telling of the masked man's adventures before he came to California. I can tell from his letters, Bob. We'd be mighty glad to get back to the cattle country of the mountains. I wonder how Tana likes in San Francisco. <laughs> Tana wouldn't like a big city any better than the Lone Ranger. And neither would I. I'd give anything to be back in Texas. Instead of school? Yeah. The only reason I'm willing to stick here in school is because the Lone Ranger asked me to learn the stuff they teach here. And the sooner I learn it, the sooner I'll be able to go back with them. But, Dan, the Lone Ranger's helping my dad clean up the Barbary Coast. I didn't think it was safe for you to stay back there in San Francisco. <laughs> I guess it's no more exciting, though, than some things that happened when we were back on the plains. For instance? Well, the time the Lone Ranger owned a haunted ranch. The Lone Ranger owned a haunted ranch? Yeah. Now, let's see. Where's the best place to start the story, Bob? You better start it mighty soon, Dan. It's after 7.30 and our study hour begins at 8. Start anywhere, but tell about the haunted ranch. Well, the first the Lone Ranger and I knew about it was when we were in camp. Tonto should have joined us there at sundown, but it was about two hours after dark. Don't scare Tonto's horse. Give you Sally. He come. Oh, oh, Scott, look on a hole. Look on a Oh, golly. I thought something had happened to you. Well, plenty happened. Anyone come here? Well, no, Tonto. We come long way round to hide trail to camp. Think maybe long and find camp and put you in jail, too. In jail? Yeah. Dan will take care of your horse. Tell us about it. Well, me in town, two fella come and say me killer. A killer? Ah. Think me killed three men at Collins Ranch. Say me stranger in town. Ask plenty question, but me not answer. So they jailed you on no more evidence than that? Not right. How did you get out? That plenty strange. Fella come to Winder, jail. Him, young fella. Him say, him work at Collins Ranch. Did they give you his name? Ah, name Jeff Mason. Jeff Mason, cowboy at the Collins Ranch. That's right. Him talking, soft voice. See him there to help me. I know you ain't the killer, Injun. But I also know that Sheriff Ryder's got to find someone to blame for the murders of my boss's bread. And you're the unlucky critter that's elected to hang. Well, why hang me? Because you, well, you don't have any friends. It's likely no one would complain about flimsy evidence. Why not hang real murder? Sheriff not want to find real murder? I'll tell you why they can't hang the real killer of the three men. Why? Because they can't hang a ghost. Do they really think that a ghost would kill those three men? Ah, him plenty serious. Him let me out of jail and say, ride long way and keep going. If Law see Tonto again, Law shoot on sight. We'll pack up and head for the Collins Ranch. Help me know where Ranch is. Yes, so do I. We'll make it back tonight. I want to see the place where ghosts commit a murder. Sit yourself down, Sam. I'll have the taters done in a minute. Yeah, I know as I got any appetite for breakfast this morning. Sam Collins, are you going to believe all this idle chatter about our ranch being ghosted? What else could it be? Oh, now, start eating. 
Jeff told you last evening that while he was in town yesterday, a redskin had been charged with the shooting. Oh, that's wrong. Sheriff Tucker's wrong, too. He just wants to make an arrest. He knows blame well that no redskin could have shot the men without leaving tracks. And with their own guns at that. At any rate, you didn't do it. Whoever did it is sure bringing on my ruination. I won't be able to keep a cow hand here at any price if this slaughter keeps up. Damn, I do declare you're as nervous as a hen with new hatched chicks. Come in. Morning, Miss Collins. Oh, hello, Jeff. Howdy, boss. Mason, what's the latest? Ain't good. What do you mean? The latest is that Pete Loomis shot himself last night. What? Yep. The boys found him near the north line a little while ago. How do they know he shot himself? Well, his own gun was fired and still in his hand. Wasn't tracks of anyone, man or horse, outside the line fence. Oh, I don't know what to do. I reckon you better try and hire some new hands. Most of the boys are planning to leave here. Say the spread is hoodooed. Jeff, go talk to them. Ask them if they won't stay just a little longer. Give us a chance to find the cause of it. I'll ask them. I don't know if they'll stay. Madge, what are we going to do? Sell out. What? what? There's Sam at the back window. He's mad. My gun. Get my... Take it easy, Collins. Kill her. Madge, run for Jeff. Catch him and get him. Me come in now. An Indian? Yeah, the horses, Dan. There's a whole band of them. Yeah, three of us, Collins. We aren't killers. That Indian? Jeff Mason said that... Yeah, fella who was in jail. Now listen to me for just a minute, Collins, and you'll have a choice choice? You can ask us to leave or invite us to stay. We'll do either one. You know Mustang Mag? Mustang Mag? I should say I do. Well, so do we. She's one of our best friends. Hasn't, uh, hasn't she spoken of a man who wears a mask? Sam, she has. Do you remember at the last meeting of the Cattlemen's Association? What? You don't mean... Well, here's a bullet, Sam. A silver one. A silver bullet? And he does have a nice way of speaking. But what are you here for? I never yet found a true case of murder by a ghost. Because I don't believe in ghosts. You are the Lone Ranger. You've got to be. The Indian, the mask. Close the door, Toto. See, no one comes here until we finish talking. Uh-huh. Collins, you've got to trust me. I know I've got to. I've got no choice. All the way. Why do you say that? You've got to trust me so far that you'll give me your ranch. What? And depend on my word that you'll get it back. Well, I... Do what you think is best, Sam. Mustang Mag's often talked about you. Well, whatever you say, Cullen. I'll do it. I've heard stories about the Lone Ranger. Plenty of stories. I'll do anything you say. Good. Then we'll drop a paper at once. And I'll have to borrow some of your clothes. the horses in one of the sheds and gave all three of them a rub down to put in the time while the Lone Ranger went over his plans with Sam Collins. I was just about finished when I looked up and saw a man in the doorway. Hey, who are you? I didn't know Collins had hired new hands or kids to work his cow hands. I'm not working here yet. Hey, whose horses are those? One is mine. The others belong to my friends. Mm, good horse flesh. Darn good horse flesh. Come with me. Where? To the house. Uh, my name's Mason, Jeff Mason. 
I'm top hand around here, and I want to make sure the boss knows about you being here. My friends are there with your boss right now. All right, then you can join them. Odd things have been happening around here. Come on. We've got to investigate all strangers. You don't have to make them, huh? <laughs> What's so odd about that? Nothing. Why do you look at me that way? Who are you? My name's Dan Reed. Oh, here we are. Boss, found a kid working in the shed. Well, Bob, when this man Mason and I entered the room, there sat Mr. Collins and his wife. Another man was there, too. I knew who he was. It was the Lone Ranger. But he wasn't wearing a mask. No, he had disguised his face like I'd seen him do many times before when he had a good reason for doing it. When we opened the door, Mr. Collins said... Come in, Mason. Now, this kid was in the shed with three new horses. Fine ones. Shut the door. I want you to hear the news. Well, what news? Shake hands with this man, Mr. Mr. Justice. Well, Justice? You're Jeff Mason, huh? That's the name. I didn't see you come here. I guess you saw my horse. Yes. And uh, this is your friend, huh? That's right. The kid said there was another man here. Oh, he's not in the room at the moment. Here, read this. Then you can go and tell the rest of the men about it. Well, what's this? It tells a story, Mason. Sam turned the ranch hey, over to what? Well, this says that Mr. Justice has bought the ranch lock, stock, and barrel. That's what it says. But, boss, why'd you sell it to him? Did you forget that Jeremy Lachlan wanted to buy the place? No, I didn't forget that. I told Lachlan I wouldn't sell. Yeah, but that was a month ago. Now you've changed your mind. He'll be sore about this. Lachlan didn't offer a fair price. Oh, I know, boss. And since we had our bad luck around here, he's been offering less than ever before. He's going to be downright sore about this, Collins. Oh, that's too bad. But I'm a free man with a right to make any deal I want to make. Go and tell the boys that from now on they'll take orders from Mr. Justice. Oh, I'll tell him. Down with the south line, but I'll tell him. Maybe now they will quit. Oh, one thing more. Yeah? Well, the men that they'll be paid double as long as I'm the owner. But I don't think there'll be any more murders. All right. Well, that's it. Great work, Collins. Get up there. I, uh, I just had a thought, Sam. Yes, Madge? That old ranger owns the ranch now, or, or at least a man by the name of Justice owns it. If he should be killed before he turns it back to us, then... Then wouldn't we lose our property? I'm going to take a lot of precautions to make sure nothing like that happens. But but if it did... There would be a point for the law to settle. And I know Dan and Tonto would be on your side. Hey, where is Tonto? I thought he was here. He's uh, willing to follow Jeff Mason. Follow him? To see where he goes and whom he talks to. Oh. And if possible, find out why Jeff wanted him to escape from that jail last night. Tano managed to find Brush or an Arroyo or something so he could stay close to Jeff Mason all the way to town. He was outside a window when Mason talked to Jeremy Lochran. So now it's sold, Lochran. All right, then. Very soon it'll be sold again. The ghost can get the new one in. Lochran, you mean that? I do. He'll kill himself. Then maybe his heirs will sell at my price. I want that ranch. (laughs) 
The curtain falls on the first act of our Lone Ranger story. Before the next exciting scene, please permit us to pause for just a few moments. Remember, 
The Lone Ranger had a paper in his pocket that gave him title to the ranch. It was in his pocket, eh? Yeah. Didn't Tonto ride with him that night? No. If Tonto had, the whole thing might have been different. The Lone Ranger rode alone. I didn't know until some time later what happened. He was riding along the North Line fence on Silver, just walking slowly and hitting the line with a stick ever so often to be sure it wasn't broken. It was dark, pitch dark, just as it had been on the nights when four men had been killed. Silver, old boy, it is a chance. But every one of those other men was shot with his own gun. That's what we're counting on. Don't think they can make me do that. Just hope I can depend on certain men. Oh, boy, move steady. That's the captain? That's you, Mason? Yeah. I found nothing along the fence in the northeast corner. Did you come from the other direction? Yeah. You know, mister, I was thinking. What's that? Do you have a will made out in case something should happen to you? Well, I haven't thought much about a will. Well, everyone ought to have a will. Who'd get this piece of land if you were to be shot? I... I suppose my heirs would be those who are closest to me. Why? Oh, I just wondered if that youngster was any relation to yours. He's probably as close to me as anyone. Oh. Uh, you ain't got any ideas about the ghosts, have you? There are no ghosts, Jeff. You should know that. That's right, there ain't no ghosts. Hand over your guns. What? You heard me pass them over, both of them. I happen to know you were, too. What if I don't? I'll help myself. Listen. What's the idea? You still don't, Savvy? Yes, I guess I do. You're the killer. You were able to ride close to every one of the four men and take his guns. The way you did mine. Oh, you're smart. But why? You'll be found out and you'll hang. I'll take that chance. Mason, why are you doing this? Is Logan willing to go this far to get Collins Ranch? Get off your horse. I'll stay where I am. Suit yourself. Maybe this will knock you off. Get some light around here and find something to burn. Where's Jeff Mason? Here I am. I got here just a minute ago. I was close by when I heard the shot. Stand back, Jeff, and let me see him. Why? It's Mr. Justice, the new owner. Great day. Well, how is he? Is he hit bad? You know what a bullet does at close range, Jeff? He's the same as the others. This makes five of them. Five men. Doggone it all, and they all got it the same way. Hank, you want to let him pick him up? We're going to the ranch house. Maybe someone better start down and get to town so the sheriff can be here first thing at daybreak. Uh, the sheriff won't find no more than he did before. No tracks, no nothing. Tell me, boys, I ain't staying here a double the pay or ten times the pay. Whatever it is that makes these men shoot themselves, we'll get us all if we stay around. Take the lead rein off the white horse, boys. Now, boys, you take care of the body. I'll start for town right away. Good idea, Jeff. That's the sheriff back with you. Yeah, I will. Get up there. Happened to him. Oh, Pete. Hey, now, man, just you fly <laughs> out and you'll feel better. Morning. Oh, Miss Collins. Dan. Dan, you haven't heard. Heard? Lord, your friend was out riding the line fence last night. Yeah? It happened to him. What did? They was to the others. The boys brought him in and put him in the back bedroom till the sheriff and coroner could get here. Mr. Collins, you don't mean that the Lord. that my friend was shot? His own guns found in his own hands. Just as the other four men who were shot were found. 
I don't believe it. Oh, lad, it's true enough. They brought him in a little while ago. Jack Mason has gone for the sheriff and coroner. I want to see him. We've got to leave him as he is till the law is done, Dan. The law be hanged. I'm going to see my friend. Where's the Indian? Tano, that's right. These are the horses. I've got to... Here's the law. Collins, I guess it's high time we ask you a few questions. Five murders on your ranch is five too many. Why, Shannon, you don't think Sam is... Hey, look, the Indian. Hey, you stand where you are. Come in. See what happened. You're the right thing we had in the jail. That's right. I'll fix you. Kill my boss, huh? No! Never mind, Mason. You only slapped down the gun you drew. I'll handle things here. Me not draw gun. You've got a lot to explain, Redskin. You already had your jail as a suspect on the first three deaths. The night you broke out, another man was killed. And now the new owner of this ranch. And here you are. Uh, what is it here? Robert, what are you doing here? Jeff, I want to find out who inherits this ranch now that the new owner is dead. Who inherits it? Madge. Sheriff, Sheriff, no one gets it. It's our property. I reckon you're wrong there, Mrs. Collins. But I'm not wrong. Madge, honey, listen to me. But Sam will lose everything. It wasn't ever meant. I reckon Mr. Lockman is right, Collins. You sold the ranch to Mr. Justice. You told us that yourself. Yes, but now that he's dead, it goes to his heirs. That kid is the one nearest to him, Sheriff. I happen to know that because he told me so. We didn't buy the place from you. What's your name? Now, hold on. This is a fine time to talk about that. Well, I guess you're right, Jimmy. Jim, you just stop in and see me and we'll make a deal. I'll take the property off your hands at a fair price. Oh, Sam. Sam, say something. Do something. I've got to think things out, Madge. I don't know just where we stand. Maybe I can help to straighten it out, Collins. Hmm? Me and the rest of the hands around here were all in on a deal. All in on a deal? Yep. Maybe it was a kind of a funny deal. Down from the bottom of the deck, you might say. Do you know anything about these murders? Reckon so, Sheriff. Then what about them? The engine didn't have no part in them. Neither did no ghost. Of course not. It's all right. I told him that everyone was here. Good enough. Now we can talk. You told whom? The gent that sacked the cards. You see, the engine didn't bust out of jail last night. He was let out. He was let out. And name the one that did it. I'll jug him. He was let out so he wouldn't come to trial and be proved not guilty of the murders. If he cleared out of these parts, folks could blame the murders on him. Or maybe he's still the guilty one. Sheriff, because you didn't take any stock in the humbug about ghosts or hoodoo, that threw off the men that were back of the whole scheme. Meaning Lagren there. Rick, what do you mean by that? You wanted to spread, Lagren. When Collins wouldn't sell, you figured to scare away all the cowhands so he couldn't run the ranch. And you could buy it cheap. You dog on there got away with it. Sure, if you can't make charges like that against me. I know about you wanting to buy the ranch, Lodron, but that doesn't mean anything. Of course not. When the Redskin turned out to be a friend of the Lone Ranger, he didn't run away and hide. He brought the Lone Ranger here. Hey, hey, what kind of Tommy Rod is this? The Lone Ranger ain't here and he never was. Hold on, Jeff Mason. He came to us and told us his plan while you were in town yesterday. He wanted to get you to show your hand, which you did. Oh, no, that's a lie. We all figured it was a pretty tall story when he first told us he thought you were the killer. And then when he showed that there'd be no harm done if we tried his scheme, we were willing to try. Every one of the boys that was on guard last night had taken the lead out of his cartridges, including Mr. Justice. What? You could have used the guns you took away from any one of us, and it would have been the same. The cartridges had no lead in them. But that's why we crowded in close as soon as Mr. Justice went from his horse. We didn't want you to see that he wasn't hurt at all. Oh, you're just trying to trick me. I didn't have anything to do with it. I... Can you tell that to me, Mason? Huh? Well, Sam, there he is. Alive and well. Shoot, that British man here. Last time you saw me, Mason, I had no mask. I wore a disguise. 
Call myself Mr. Johnson. Oh, you can't prove anything against me. Who can't? Why, you dirty killer. Three of us were less than 20 feet away in the dark last night when you took that masked man's guns and fired at him. Mason, you murderer. Each of us had a good cartridge under the hammer after we heard you start talking. If he'd signaled that you were going to shoot with your own gun, you'd have been drilled like a sieve. Mason, it's a finish for you. Now, why did you do it? You can't involve me. I had no part in it. Mason wanted to buy the ranch. Buckin, you're a dirty liar. You and this as deep as me. You told me I'd take your orders or you'd let Collins know I held out on the last cattle deal. Yeah, he lies. Don't believe him. Take the two of them in. We'll see what a trial in court brings out. Yeah, we can't. Madge, we're not a hoodoo ranch anymore. Oh, that paper. The one that sold the ranch. But Sam, it's there on the table. Boy. Where's the Lone Ranger? He and his friends slipped out when they saw that Mason was fixed for the hangman. I saw him leave the paper there on the table so as you could tear it up. sure if you guys noticed there was a kid looking after the lone rangers horses uh silver and tonto scout yeah i i finally got it right the scout it's not shadow after all but anyway that kid is named dan reed on the program and uh he is actually the key linchpin between the Lone Ranger, and the Green Hornet because they are related. Their last names are both Reed and Dan Reed eventually does become the father of Britt Reed, the, uh, the Green Hornet. So Britt Reed actually gets his... Uh, well, from a long descendant of uh, the Lone Ranger. You can see where his uh, heroic actors come from. The only difference is the Green Hornet were was, well, he, he was 
he was well identified as a a good guy but he would go underneath into the the dark recesses they would think he's a bad guy and so he was able to go undercover for the cops but either way one of the bad things about the lone ranger is uh the fact that the radio show actually used a white guy to play tonto um, I can't remember offhand what his name is, but he he was a white guy. It wasn't until the actual television series that they brought in a an actual Indian from the uh, Mohawk Reserve up here in Ontario. Um, so yeah, you guys import not only our Canadian stars but our. Uh, Indian stars as well. But anyway, he, um, sorry, folks, it looks like we're, uh, sorry, folks. Um, Maybe somebody could message me and let me know if I am broadcasting on Facebook still. Apparently, there seems to be an issue broadcasting to Facebook. So, um, if that's the case, then... Well, anyway. Um, If somebody can message me and let me know, uh, because I can't do it right now. I'm in the middle of a bloody show. Hello. But either way, um, the next show we have is titled A Frame for Murder. And on this, this episode was actually turned into one of the shows uh, on the television uh, series. And um, it's basically about a man who uh, finds gold and claims it. And he becomes good friends with a storekeeper. And he actually brings the storekeeper in on uh, on the claim. He actually makes him a 50-50 partner. The only problem is he's being framed. Or blackmailed, rather. By someone else about a murder. So uh, have a look at A Frame for Murder. On Whose Blind Life Is It Anyway? The Afternoon Radio Theater Sunday. The Lone Ranger! With the speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty Hyo Silver, the Lone Ranger.
his faithful Indian companion, Toto, the daring and resourceful mask rider of the plains, led the fight for law and order in the early western United States. Nowhere in the pages of history can one find a greater champion of justice. Return with us now to those thrilling days of yesteryear. From out of the past come the thundering hoofbeats of the great horse, Silver. The Lone Ranger rides again. Come on, Silver. Let's go, big fella. Are you Silver? The town of Gunsmoke, located near the eastern edge of the Arizona desert, was shrouded in darkness as Jack Barton, the 20-year-old son of the banker, moved softly out the back door of his father's home. He closed the door gently, then made his way to the stable behind the house. He loaded supplies into a saddlebag, then proceeded to saddle his own black horse. And while he worked, he spoke in a low voice. I'm running away, Blackie. That's what I'm doing. But I have no choice. I've got to go away. Stay away. <laughs> quiet, Blackie, quiet. Dad's going to be mighty broken up. But not nearly as broken up as he'd be if I stayed here. To hang for murder. Easy now. across the arid desert. At daybreak, he halted the black horse and dismounted. Oh, Blackie, oh, oh. Gosh, Blackie, just about starved. We've covered a lot of ground since midnight. We've earned a little rest. Jack moved a few paces away from the horse. Then suddenly... Blackie, come back here! Blackie, ho, Blackie, ho, boy! But the horse kept going, running at a fast gait toward the town which Jack had left. Gone. I guess I'll have to travel on foot. Hungry, thirsty, with neither food nor water within many miles, the son of the banker continued west, on foot. mid-afternoon sun was blistering hot as the Lone Ranger and Tonto rode east across a vast expanse of Arizona desert toward the town of Gunsmoke. For the past few minutes, they had been watching vultures flying low. Presently, they saw a motionless form lying on the sun-baked ground. Come on, Silver! Come on, Silver! Come on, A moment later, they dismounted at the side of a well-dressed man who seemed to be about 20 years old. Bring a canteen, Toto. Uh, well, the fellow's alive. Uh, me see him move. I water. Here, water. I'll hold your head up. Now, take only a couple of swallows and wait before you drink any more. No, thanks. Uh, are you injured? No. no. You're masked. Are you going to reject our help because of that? No. No more water, please. Of course. Now, drink slowly. You hadn't hadn't come out of died here. What's your name? Barton. Jack Barton. 
I suppose there's no use asking your name. If you wanted to be known, you, you wouldn't be masked. I have personal reason for wearing a mask, but I'm not an outlaw. Oh, uh, where's your horse? I don't know. Probably back in Gunsmoke by this time. Is your home in Gunsmoke? Yes, uh, I left there last night. Oh? This morning I stopped to prepare some food. As soon as I dismounted, my horse bolted. Ran off with my canteen, saddlebags, everything I had. Have you been traveling on foot since then? Yes, until I collapsed. Yeah, you need food as well as water. Oh, me get food from saddlebags. Good. Jack, we're going east. After you've eaten, we'll take you to Gunsmoke. My horse can carry double. No, no, I can't go back. Are you dodging the law? No, it's nothing like that. I, I just can't go back, that's all. I must keep going west. You can't travel on foot. I'll have to. Even though you could keep walking, it would take three days to reach water. It's certain death to travel on foot in this country. It doesn't matter. It matters to Toto and me. We can't leave a man to die on the desert. You'll have to. Because I'm not returning to Gunsmoke. Oh. Are you afraid to go back? No, no. It's just that I... I don't want to hurt my dad. How would he be hurt by your return? It, it's a long story. Oh, wait. I just remembered. I've heard of a man named Barton who owns a bank in Gunsmoke. Is he your father? I call him Dad. My real father died when I was a baby. Mr. Barton adopted me. He's the finest man I know. I'd rather die than hurt him. Tell me why you'd hurt him by going home. I don't see why you're interested. Jack, I don't want to hurt anyone, least of all a fine man like Banker Barton. But we can't leave you to die on the desert. We're going to take you to Gunsmoke by force if necessary. No. If you know what that would mean to Dad, you... I'm... I'm trying to find out. I... All right, I'll tell you. Good. Yeah. Here, hold it. Put it beside the canteen, Toto. Uh-uh. Help yourself, Jack, while you tell us your story. Yeah, thanks. There, there's a man in Gunsmoke named Regan. Harv Regan. Owner of the gambling casino? Oh, yes. Is he a friend of yours? No. I'm sure Regan's a crook, but the law has never been able to prove it. I know he's a crook, and I can't prove it. What were you going to say about him? Well, a short time ago, one of his employees came into the bank. I worked there for Dad. Yes? The man came to me and said Regan wanted to talk about investments. Huh? He couldn't come to the bank during office hours because he worked all night and slept most of the day. He wanted me to call on him at the casino in the evening. Did you? Yes. I knew Regan had a lot of money to invest. I knew his account was worth going after. When I reached the casino, a man told me Regan was busy in his office. Huh? He asked me to wait in a private room. It was a large room and eight or nine men were playing roulette. I didn't know then that all those men worked for Harv Regan. I found that out later. I stood watching the game when a man called Lefty Martin pushed in close beside and started to play. He lost several times in a row. Sixteen red, the winner. Oh, I lost again. It's too bad, Lefty. Yeah, this hombre bumped my arm and made me put my chips on the wrong number. Oh, you mean me? Yes, you. Now, take it easy, Lefty. That's Banker Barton's son. He's waiting to see Harv Regan. He's got no right to bump my arm. I didn't touch your arm. You're calling me a liar? How left? He take it easy. No one can call me a liar. I'll teach this young jumpstart. Oh, slap me, will you? Oh, you hit me. You want to fight, huh? Now hold on, Lefty. Let me go. I'll teach young Barton a lesson. Let go, a lesson. Let go, you defend himself. I'll help you, Barton. You keep out of it. Let go my arm. Wait a minute. No. Oh, you, you. Wait a minute now. Within a few seconds after Lefty slapped me and I struck back, it was a regular free-for-all. Regan's employees fought among themselves on all sides of me. And then I heard a gunshot. A 
fighting stopped. I saw Lefty Martin lying on the floor. All right, out of my way. And then I heard Harv Regan. He approached, saying... What's going on here? What was that shot? Mr. Regan, Martin and Lefty had a fight, and Lefty was shot. Martin must have shot him. I did not. I have no gun. Must have used a sleeve gun, then tossed it... Oh, no. Why? I had to. Any of the customers in the main hall hear the row? Well, I doubt it, boss. The walls and door are thick. I'll keep this quiet. Feel bad Lefty's hurt and do whatever's necessary. All right. Come on, give me a hand, Jack. Martin, you come into my office. Oh, Mr. Regan, Lefty started the fight. He slapped my face. Here we are, Jack. Step inside. Sit down and relax. I didn't shoot Lefty, Martin. I've never used a gun in my life. Too bad it happened, Jack. A man in your position can't afford to be mixed up in a gambling house brawl. But I tell you, I... Mr. Regan, Lefty Martin is dead. What? Dead, huh? Yes, sir. We found this sleeve gun on the floor. It's been fired once. Leave the gun with me. Huh? What do we do about Lefty? Nothing until you hear from me. Wait in the other room. Yes, sir. This your gun, Jack? Uh, no, I never owned a gun. And I didn't shoot... Let me that... give you the straight facts. All the men in that private game are in my employ, and my men stick together. They'll all swear you used this gun and shot Lefty Martin. They can't do that. They can't get away with yes, it. Yes, they can. Their evidence will hang you, and that would break your father's heart. No. I've always admired your father, Jack. For his sake, I don't want to see you face a murder trial. I'll not have to. Unless those men in the next room lie about who shot Lefty Martin. They stick together. They wouldn't let one of their pals hang. But they know someone has to hang for that shooting. So they'll frame you. Yeah, but I didn't do it. Well, as I see it, there's one way out for you. Well, what is it? We'll have to give the man who really did the shooting enough money to clear out of the country. The boys know he's well fixed in Mexico. I can persuade them to tell the truth. Uh, how much money? About... $2,000 should do it. 2000 I haven't had much money. You will have someday. You're the banker's heir. Well, oh, yes. Jack, but... for your father's sake, I'll loan you the money. I'll take your IOU. But it may be years Don't before... Don't worry I... about it. I'll take care of everything. Did you sign the IOU? Yes. I was scared. I didn't know what to do. It seemed like the only way out of the trouble... But the next day, I learned that Lefty Martin wasn't dead. He wasn't even hurt. The whole performance was a scheme to get me to sign that IOU. Why did Regan want you in debt to him? Because he wanted me to help his gang rob the bank. Oh. He had it all planned. I was supposed to be working that night. I sometimes worked at night, especially at the end of the month. But on a certain night, I was to be working with a safe open when Regan and his men came in. I see. They would leave me bound in gags so it wouldn't appear that I'd helped in the robbery. And if you had refused to help Regan? He threatened to show Dad the IOU and say I'd lost the money gambling. What would your father have done about that? He'd have disowned me. You see, my real father gambled. He was killed in a fight over a card game and he was Mr. Barton's best friend. So Dad, I mean Mr. Barton, hated gambling. I knew he'd disown me. And worse than that, he'd be terribly hurt and disappointed in me. I understand... That's why I ran away. Jack, without that IOU, Regan will have no hold on you. We must get it away from him. On the desert where the Lone Ranger and Tonto had saved his life, Jack Barton told of the circumstances 
which had forced him to leave his home. After hearing his story, the masked man decided that they should return to Gunsmoke and get the IOU Regan held. That can't be done. Do you know where he keeps it? Uh, No. Probably locked up in his office, maybe in the safe. How late is the gambling casino open? Till three in the morning. But Regan stays there. He lives in the same building. We'll call on him. He's never unguarded. Three men live there with him. Lefty Martin and two others. And they're gunmen. Three gunmen, huh? Well, forewarned is forearmed. What are you going to do? We'll start now and head toward Gunsmoke. Ready, Toto? Uh, Be ready. I'm sure we can reach the woods near town by three o'clock in the morning. You're going with us, Jack. Oh, but I can't. If Regan can't get your aid in robbing the bank, he'll probably take the IOU to Barton and try to collect the money. So you'll not save your dad from grief by running away. Easy, steady, big fellow. Give me your hand. I'll help you mount behind my saddle. All right. But I don't see what you can do. You're going to try to get that IOU away from Regan. But why? Why are you going to help me? There are lots of men who'd welcome the chance to fight in behalf of a good citizen like Banker Barton. Come on, Silver. During the long ride, Jack Barton, responding to questions, told the Lone Ranger all he knew about the gambling casino and Regan's living quarters in the same building. It was shortly after three o'clock in the morning when the masked man and Tonto drew rain in the dark woods near the town of Gunsmoke. Hold it. Dismount, Jack. I don't see how you expect to get that IOU from Regan. I've told you how well he's gone. He's such a big fella. We're going to try to draw the guards away from Regan. Then I'll speak to him alone. You got plan, Kimasabi? Yes, Tonto. Jack, you said Regan spends about an hour in his office after the casino is closed for the night. Well, that's right. He balances the cash and takes care of the books. It's a little after three, so he's probably there right now. That office is in the rear of the building? Yes. What we do, Kimasabi? We ride to the edge of the woods behind the casino. You want me to go with you? No, Jack. I want you to wait right here until we return. Give me your word that you'll stay here. I'll leave you untied. I'll give you my word. I'll stay until you return. Good. We'll see you later. Um, what we do when we get behind Casino? I'll tell you while we're on the way, Tonto. Easy, 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 drew rein and dismounted in a clump of trees. They saw the back windows of the gambling casino less than 50 yards away. The lighted window on the left is Regan's office. He must have it. Yeah. You take plenty big risks. It's justified. Leaving their horses at ground hitch, the two men walked softly across the open area until they reached the lighted window. Keep down, Toto. I'll look through the window. You see Regan? Yes. He's seated at his desk, facing the other way. He's alone. Jack, say guard's always near. I know. Here goes. With a barrel of his gun, the Lone Ranger smashed the window. Hold it, Regan. You're covered. Mask? Yes. I'm here on business. Don't shoot. My hands are up. If you don't want me to shoot, move carefully. Come over here and open this window. Very well. We've met before, Regan. What? I turned you over to the law in Texas when you were a stage robber. You, the Lone Ranger? Right. Now step back to your desk while I climb through the window. 
Why are you here? What do you want? I did my stretch in jail. I'm clear with the law. I came for an IOU signed by Jack Barton. Oh. You did, huh? Yes. Where is it? <laughs> I'm glad you came here. Very glad. I've often hoped the day would come when I could pay you for sending me to prison. Where is the IOU? You're not going to get it. In fact, you're not going to leave this room alive. No? Several men have come here with the intention of robbing me. And they've all fallen into the same trap. I see no trap. No? Well, right now you're covered by three guns held by men behind the walls. Look closely and you'll see the loopholes. There's one beneath that picture. There's another over there. Lefty, is he covered? Yeah, boss. We're watching him. You see? At a word from me, you'll be a dead man. Regan, not knowing that the Lone Ranger had anticipated the trap, smiled confidently. Tonto, outside the window, took careful aim at the single lamp that lighted the room. Have you anything to say before I tell my men to... At the instant Tonto fired, the Lone Ranger dashed across the office and opened a door. Get him! The shots from the concealed gunman were too late. The masked man ran through the private gambling room, then through a door to the area behind the building. Come on, Tonto! The two men were over halfway to the grove of trees by the time Regan's gunman reached the door and opened fire. We've more of a start than I thought we'd have. Them not hit us. Nate, too dark. In another moment, the Lone Ranger and Toto reached their horses in the shelter of the trees. You know the plan. Uh, me know. Toto leaped to his saddle, but the Lone Ranger remained unmounted. He handed Silver's reins to the Indian. Here you are. Me lead him. Come on, Silver. Both horses raced away, but the masked man stayed behind. He crouched low, concealing himself in underbrush, and waited. <laughs> Meanwhile, Regan's face livid with rage. As he spoke to his gunman. That was the Lone Ranger. I want him killed. But he and his Indian pal had horses hidden among the trees, boy. You heard him riding away. Go to the stable next door and get horses. Go after them. That Lone Ranger knows about the Barton IOU. If I don't get him, he'll make trouble. All right, boss. Regan went with the gunman to the stable. While three horses were being saddled... He gave voice to his hatred of the masked man who had sent him to prison. And I'll pay a thousand dollars if you bring him back. Dang, you see? That's worth going after. Easy, boy. We're ready. Let's go. Come on, get up there. Regan watched his men ride out the back door of the stable and race toward the woods. Then he returned to the casino. In the main room, now empty, he helped himself to a drink. After lingering for several minutes, he went into his office. As he opened the door, he remembered that the lamp had been smashed by a bullet. He struck a match. And as he held it to the wick of an unbroken lamp, he observed with surprise that the wooden shutter had been closed on the broken window. I thought that shutter was open. Then, from a corner of the room, he heard a voice. You're covered. You! Yes, I returned as soon as your man rode past me in the woods. But, but... Keep your hands up. Well, I see if you carry a sneak gun. Oh. Hmm. Unarmed, huh? Yes. Yes, I'm unarmed. You can't shoot a helpless man. I have no intention of shooting you, Regan. But unless I get a certain I.O.U., I'm going to make you beg for a bullet to end your misery. Just to show you what I mean. That's just the beginning. Stand up. Come on, stand up. Wait. 
Listen, honey. We're alone now, Regan. No one to save you from this. No. Get off the floor. No, no, don't slap me again. Slapping's the least painful. But if you say so, I'll use my fists. Come on, get up. Let me go, please. Don't pay you. I told you what I want. All right, I'll give you that I owe you. Where is it? In the safe. That safe right there. Then open the safe. But don't try any tricks. After more than two hours of riding, the three gunmen finally gave up the search for the Lone Ranger and Tonto. Tired and disheartened, they returned their horses to the stable. Oh, 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 oh boy. <coughs> yeah, boss is going to be mighty sore at us for not planning that mass, man. Yeah. It's getting daylight. You think he'll still be up and waiting for us? I'm sure he will. You didn't worry about reading hey, uh, There he is, the masked man. You're covered here in the stable. Why? You... What are you doing here? Waiting for you. Otto and the sheriff are with me. All right, boys. You're all heading for James. Sheriff. Now, don't stab me. Take their guns, Otto. Uh, me get them. The masked man persuaded Regan to open his safe. Do you know what he found there? But those papers Regan made a sign. Yeah. Telling all about your past crimes. You got those? Sure did. Here's handcuffs for you. After leading you men on a wild goose chase, Toto returned with my horse. I sent him to get the sheriff. I was sure surprised when I saw those papers. Regan made us sign them. Yeah, I know about that. He had to have a hold over you so as he'd know that you wouldn't double-cross him. I knew those papers would make trouble. And we have evidence to go with him. You crooks are due for a long stay in prison. Well, Regan's going with us. I can tell plenty about him. So can I. Me too. He's in jail right now on the strength of some stolen jewelry we found in his safe. Things that were stolen from the mayor's home. When we finish talking, he'll be there for keeps. Otto, while you help the sheriff take these men to jail, I'll go and tell Jack Barton his troubles are over. I'll watch him burn a slip of paper and send him home to his dad. Adios. Adios, mister. How did Jack Barton get that masked man to help him? I don't know, Lefty. But I reckon that any deserving man has a friend in the Lone Ranger. This is a feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated, created by George W. Trendle, produced by Trendle Campbell Muir Incorporated, and directed by Fred Flowerday. Tonight's drama was written by Fran Stryker. The part of the Lone Ranger is played by Brace Beamer. Sorry, folks. Um, something was bothering me. But anyway, <clears throat> I apologize. Anyway, that was an interesting one, I thought. Um, so, too, is the next one. It's called The Cattle Drive, and I can't find the plot for this one anywhere. Um, so, I guess we'll both see what it's about. So, uh, guys, I want you to enjoy this one, and uh, let me know what you think of it.
the speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty high old silver, the Lone Ranger. were driven north to the railroad towns from the southern Texas ranches, the Lone Ranger led the fight for law and order in the range country. Rustlers and hostile Indians attacked the honest ranchers constantly, and it was only through the strength and courage of the masked rider of the plains that peace and security were brought to the frontier. Return with us now to those thrilling days when the West was young. From out of the past come the thundering hoofbeats of the great horse, Silver. The Lone Ranger rides again. Gomez, the tomahawk foreman, was to be tried. The courtroom in Leadville was crowded. Everyone knew it was the Lone Ranger who had obtained the evidence against him. But so far, Benjamin Steele, who had said nothing for or against his former employee, would he stand by him or condemn him? The question remained unanswered when the judge rapped for order. This is Jim Carey versus Breed Gomez. Get all the witnesses lined up, Sheriff? Who's that? Benjamin Steele. I hold this trial is illegal. What do you mean by that? This was the charge. Well, you ought to know that. Poison in the water hose. And who brought the charge? Why, Jim Carrey here. He's got no right to bring charges. The water hose is on my land. If I don't want to bring charges, nobody can. Now, oh, wait a minute there. He poisoned my water hose, too. You just figured he did. You got no proof. Well, he must have. You got any evidence? No, we caught him at your water hole, but, but I said... Said to yours. I'm the only one who can bring charges. Your Honor, you know how all this happened. Uh, Reed was really trying to kill off my cattle. He sent word to me that I could use Steele's water hose. I got that message after he poisoned Now, uh, hold on there. If Reed uh, give you that message himself... It was Ted Bailey brought it, but Reed told him to. You have any proof of that? I got Ted's word. Is that enough, Your Honor? Not unless there was witnesses. Steele's right about the legal part of this case, Carrie. He's the only one who's got the right to bring charges. But I want to tell him here and now it's his duty to do it. I get an answer to that. Well, out with it. Reed's worked for me for a long time. He's a good foreman. I need him to run the tomahawk. I'll admit he made a mistake, but most of us do every now and then. Not even the Lone Ranger would stop an honest man from getting a second chance. An honest man? That's what I said. Reed figured you ought to sell your land to me for your own good. You've got sort of options about it. He just figured out this was a trick to make a change of mind. It was crooked. It was wrong, I'll admit. But I'll answer to for him for to everybody here in this courtroom and everybody on Tomahawk Basin. He won't try anything like it again. That's why I'm not bringing charges against him. Your Honor, 
I've called on you to throw this case out of court. I object. Well, rightly speaking, there is no case. Objection overruled. Release the president. Court's adjourned. Well, you, senor. You will not be sorry for what you have done today. I do that for you. Sure you do. And every small rancher here knows it, too. You think you put one over on us, but you haven't. Reed isn't going to jail, Terry. The Lone Ranger didn't accomplish anything by getting him arrested. Oh, yes, he did. He's forced you to put your cards on the table. You can't pretend to be friendly to us anymore. You were trying to drive us all out of the basin. And from now on, it's war. Now on, it's war. Yes, Toto. Terry told the truth. Uh, Tomahawk outfit plenty strong. Strong as all the other outfits put together. Steel is smart. Instead of breaking the law, he'll use it. He'll use his money to force the small ranches into bankruptcy. He's got to frame them for Russell and send them to jail. Him plenty bad. But he won't attack them openly until everything else has been tried. He must make sure his plans fail, Kimasabi. Uh, Afterwards, when he's turned his back on the law, then we'll have a chance to put him where he belongs. And make him pay. For everything. For every head of cattle, for every ranch he's stolen. Most of all, for something we can't prove. You mean Black Arrow? Yes. He'll pay for his treason. The thing I like about it is that it's legal. Legal? Yes. <laughs> the other ranch is killing with the rounders. Yeah. They'll just about start it. It is? Yeah, it's the same with the tomahawk. You've got to finish first, that's all. You haven't got nearly enough men. Oh, see, senor, we are friendly. That's what I'm planning. Let Whitey take charge for a few days, and you head down to San Antonio. Hire every man you can find to get back here by the end of the week with a hundred at least. A hundred? At least. And as many more as you can find. He's local, senor. <laughs> How many men would you need to drive a trailer at 50000 to market? Well, we will not have 50000 here. 5000 maybe, but 50000 no. 50000 yes. Senor. And what's more, they have to get to market before any other cattle from the basin. You'll have to move fast, Braden. Oh, I am beginning to see. If you sell them 50000 head, the buyers will have enough. <laughs> they will offer little or nothing for the other cattle from the basin. I'm hoping it'll be nothing. It'll be a bad year for the small ranchers. They won't have enough money to run until next year. They'll have to borrow. And if they can't borrow, they'll have to sell out at my price. <laughs> it's so simple. <laughs> You'll lose some money yourself, of course. 50000 here at one time. You cannot hope for a top price. I can afford to lose this money to get the land I want. Say, <laughs> si, I congratulate you. Don't bother to do that yet. You've got to move fast if it's going to work. You get down to San Antonio and hire those men pronto. <laughs> Steele wouldn't have bothered to get him out of jail if he didn't have some work for him. That's right. It's strange that he should be leaving the basin just when the roundup is getting underway. Um, what do you think, Kimasabe? I don't know. I don't like the looks of it, though. You better follow him, Tano. Maybe him go a long way. Well, it doesn't matter. Follow him wherever he goes. Follow him until you find out what he's up to. Uh, time to do that. And then when you learn anything, time to come back plenty fast. Good luck, Kimasabe. Uh, get him up. Come A week later, a lone ranger reigned up in front of Jim Carrey's ranch house. A great yellow moon was rising above the western hills that rimmed the basin. The distant lowing of the cattle and an occasional whinny from the mustangs and the corral were all that disturbed the silence of the night. The range country seemed at peace. As he climbed the steps of the ranch house, the lone ranger's face was grim beneath his mask. Steady, big fella. Good evening, Carrie. Well, I'll be dogged. The lone ranger. Come on in. Thank you. 
Too bad Abby and Ted aren't here. They've gone to a shindig at the bar end. I was afraid you might be there, too. Nope, I had a lot of figures to go over. Roundup time, I hardly ever leave the home range. Then you don't know what's going on over at the Tomahawk. Going on? You mean Steele's up to some funny business again? Just answer me this. How do you split up your herd during the Roundup? Why, three ways, of course. The cows and the calves are going to be branded. Ones are going to drive to market and the others. The Tomahawk crew are only splitting their herd in two. Just cutting out the cows and calves. And they aren't doing any branding at all. Only earmarking them, huh? Not even that. They'll have to. Well, they aren't doing it now. It looks to me as if they're getting a trail herd together as fast as they can. Well, what's the sense of it? Yeah, it'll be a trail herd such as the West has never seen. You know how many heads Steel has. Half of them would run the total to nearly 50,000. But they can't drive that many to market. Oh, no, not altogether. There's no trail crew can handle more than 5,000. They can split it up ten ways. But that would mean ten crews. The Steel doesn't have that many men. He doesn't know, but he may be able to hire them. Well, not around here. Reed rode south last week. He did? And he rode a long way. So Tunnel followed him, and he hasn't come back. Uh, plenty of men in San Antonio. Yeah. But I can't figure it out, though. Why would Steele want to sell 50,000 here? He's got plenty of grass and water. And I doubt if the buyers in Clarksville would... Would what? 50,000. $15 a head we're getting now. You're beginning to realize. That's $750,000. Why, a drive like that would break the market wide open. How many were you planning to sell this year? 1,000 heads. And all the others in the basin. Outside of Steele, you mean? Yes. Well, altogether, we'll have about 6,000 heads. Then you've got to beat Steele to Clarksville. Or you won't get anything for them. But we hadn't planned on starting yet. Well, you've got to. Now, most of the small ranchers are over at the barn tonight, aren't they? Yeah, I guess so. Then go there. It'd be hard to convince them Steele's up to a trick like that. You aren't sure. That doesn't matter. They'll have to admit there's a chance of my being right. Yeah. And if there is, it means you have to act. I'll talk to them. I'll give it to them straight. We'll get a part of the herd started tomorrow morning. The sooner the better. Uh, someone just rode up. Yes. Yeah. Hello. You'll have news of Breed. Kima Tully. Me follow your trail from camp. Had a long ride, Toto. Uh, it's called plenty tired. What did you find out? Breed go to San Antonio. Him hire many men. Maybe hundred. You hear that, Terry? Then get here by morning. All men wear two guns. Many killer. That's the sort of men Breed would hire. Did you hear what he told them? Uh-huh. Tonto here. Breed promised them get much money. But are they going to stay at the Tomahawk Ranch? No. Then drive big herd to Clarksville. A hundred men, Terry. Steele has nearly that many working for him already. Do you need any more proof? I sure don't. Can you get all your cattle on the trail tomorrow? We can try. I'll make it to the bar in a half an hour. And when I get there, the party will be over. <laughs> You can't be too careful about this. You can't weed out your cattle the way you usually do. We gotta move fast. All right. Now just make up your mind how many heads you want to send. Cut them out tonight and drive them to the flats along Banjo Creek. That's where we start from tomorrow morning. Now don't waste any time to talk. Get into your saddles and head for your home range portal. your game. What do you mean? Just what I said. I heard a lot of excitement at the Bar M Ranch. Yeah, I heard... It was having a party, but there aren't any more. I could hear Jim Cherry talking to him. I saw him start riding away. What did he say? Almost word for word what you told the boys yourself. Yeah, the boys have been all over the range. Oh, they haven't. It was a lone ranger figured it out and passed the word along to Cherry. Besides that, the Indian, what's his name, uh, Tarno, he followed Breed to San Antonio. Your new man will be here tomorrow morning. That's fine. It'll be too late. You might as well send him back. Cherry's herd will be on its way. They can start. I'd like to bet they never get to Clarksville. Huh? Now listen to me. Listen close and get everything straight. Afterwards, you're going to climb aboard that major Cayuse color horse and high tail it for the roundup camp. By sunrise the next morning, the small ranch's herd was taking shape in the flats near Banjo Creek. Hard riding cowboys hazed the wild longhorns into one great milling mass. Hours passed as they rounded up the stream. At last, the herd was quieted down. 
Terry was about to give the word for the drive to begin when the Lone Ranger and Tonto raced up. Terry, we're going to go. Terry, we're all set to go. You'll have to wait. What's that? You have 3,000 heads moving already. I'll reach the path before you can. Doggone, we'll have to wait until they get through. You can't start your drive until this afternoon. This is going to be bad. One herd in front of us, and he'll sure to start another moving as soon as he can. It's like being between two cars. Yes, Terry. 400 miles to Clarksville. It'll be trouble every foot of the way. The curtain falls on the first act of our Lone Ranger story. Before the next exciting scene, please permit us to pause for just a few moments. Steel and Breed were camped with one of their trail crews on Spanish Creek. 
Delancey was in a bad temper. Well, how's your chick affect you? I don't know, senor. He has gone since last night. He got the whip there. Uh, if he don't let that, we beat him off good. I tell him to locate the carry hog and report back at once. Yeah. Oh, we got a cup of coffee. Mm, see. Mm, too bad they slip out of our trap. What did they gain by it? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> the magic trail is too long. We get to Clarksville first, and that is all you want. Mm, it's just the same. Just the same what? It's hard to forget the long range that rides with him. He's not a man to be trusted. Uh, give me that coffee. Mm, see, senor. Hello! Uh,
You're covered, Bennett. I've got a call for help. Hey, what's the idea? Get into your clothes. You're leaving town with us. It was over two weeks later that Stephen Breed rode into Clarksville at the head of the first herd. There was no sign of Kerry, and the rancher congratulated himself. He walked along the main street toward John Bennett's office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we put it off, Brady. I can't be pointing at the town all this week. When Kelly shows up, he won't get a dime for his tears. Here, this is the place. Yeah. I know the family will be surprised when you tell him I'm here on the way here. Yeah. Hello. Which was? You mean Mr. Bass? Yeah, where is he? I don't know. Nobody knows. He just disappeared about two weeks ago. Disappeared? Yeah. He left the office one night and went home, and the next day he wasn't anywhere to be found. Sheriff's had a posse looking for him. He must have found some trace. No, he didn't. He didn't say anything to anybody about leaving town, and we haven't had any word. Well, we don't know what happened to him. Well, I got 3,000 cattle down in the corral. They want to sell them. Well, there's other buyers in town. I can't. Yeah, I think it up to handle this deal. The 3,000 are only a start. Yeah, it's better we go to the sheriff, maybe. This deal goes wrong at the last minute just because Bennett takes it into his head. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah, somebody stop us. Hey, it's Mr. Bennett. What kind of a yarn are you trying to make me swallow? I told the truth, but look who's with him. A masked man and an engine. You better get the sheriff. Hello, everybody. Let's meet you, Miss Bennett. Where have you been? You don't mind, Mask Man. I'd like you and Chandler to stick around to the wire in case there's any trouble. Well, he'll be glad to. There won't be any trouble. Now, Steve, what can I do for you? Glad you've been. Oh, we're just taking a little business trip. Been uh, seeing an old friend of mine. That's a likely story. But he says you've been going two weeks. Yeah, that's right. Any objections? I, uh, want to talk to you alone. No, thanks. You've got anything to say, you better get it off your chest right now. All right. Want to sell some kettle? Uh-huh. About 50,000 head, isn't it? The man's man told you. He's told me a lot of things. Well, what did you give me for him? Market price, $15 a head. Have you gone local? Well, $15 a head. I'll only buy $10,000. Now, wait. You'd take the whole 50 if I offered them to you at, uh, let's say, five. $10,000's all I can handle. <laughs> I've already bought six. You what? Yeah, from Jim Carrey. Rode out with a masked man and met him on the trail. Can you I'll break you for this minute. Yeah, and how do you plan to do that? I'll tell you how. I'll tell all my county other buyers around here. Five dollars. Two, one, I don't care. You'll never be able to get rid of that 6000 No sales, Steele. I'm talking for all the buyers in town. We'll take 10000 from you and not one yeah, more. That's a double cost. Yeah, it's a double, double cost, Brady. Yeah. You'll look over at it. I'm offering you a chance to make a fortune. You're turning it down. Don't doesn't figure the same way you do, Steele. I told him that you're trying to ruin every small rancher in Tomahawk Basin. If that happens, he knows he'll have to deal with you alone. Then I'll be the one to get ruined. No thanks, Steele. Hold us ranches, and we're going to stick together and play along with the small guys. The marketplace for beef stays where it is. What if we only sell 10,000 heads? What we do with other 40,000? You can rent some range land and winter them around here. Well, they sold them in the spring, I wouldn't make a cent. Right, Steve. That has cost you a lot of money. Let's go, Tonto. So uh, long, man, man. <laughs> I enjoyed the trip. You'll never regret your decision, Bennett. That's for you, Steve. You'll see that Jim carries her, gets here safely. And Tonto and I are riding back to the basin. We'll meet again. Yes, we'll meet again. And the next time, Breed, I promise you, the tables will be turned. <laughs>
not heard is a copyright feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated. I hope you enjoyed that one. It was, uh, I didn't notice when I was uh, playing the episode earlier. Uh, that one seemed to be speeded up for some reason. That explains why it's so short um, at only 23 minutes. But um, I'll try not to let it happen again. But um, just before we go on, I'm going to address some of the comments that were made. Um, Sarah Smith and Batgirl actually made a few comments. Sarah uh, seems to think that uh, get on your horse and drink your milk was a quote attributed to the Lone Ranger, but no, it was John Wayne, Sarah. Uh, and uh, Batgirl seems to think that <sighs> We should play Clint Eastwood. Uh, but I, I hate to tell you this, Batgirl, but no such luck. I don't think Clint Eastwood is, was ever in old-time radio. At least I don't think so. But anyway, uh, we're on to the last, uh, the last episode of The Lone Ranger. This one is actually short. About eight minutes and five seconds. Uh, so it's not a very long episode. It's called Ambush at Medicine Rock. And this one is pretty much about the Lone Ranger finding out that there's going to be an ambush at Medicine Rock. But the big question is, can the Lone Ranger get there in time to prevent the ambush? I guess you'll have to tune in to see. Enjoy, everybody. horse with the speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty Hyo Silver, the Lone Ranger. This is the story that tells how Toto once saved the Lone Ranger. Toto were riding westward across desolate country. They were looking at the tracks of a wagon train when suddenly a thin young man stepped from behind a big boulder. He held a rifle to his shoulder and shouted, Train in or I'll shoot. Oh, 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 that's it. Now get off those horses and don't try to reach for a gun. The Lone Ranger and Toto dismounted slowly. Easy, steady, big fellow. Then the masked man dropped his hand with lightning speed and fired from the hip. His bullet smashed the rifle and sent it flying from the young man's hands. Now raise your hands. Search him, Toto. See if he has any other weapons. I haven't. I should have known better than to try to hold up a masked outlaw. I'm not an outlaw. and You don't look like one. I'm not. I held you up because I hoped to find food in your saddlebags. What's your name? Wingate. Dave Wingate. What are you doing alone in country like this? I was with a wagon train. It passed here. Why did you leave the train? I was driven away. Why? 
I didn't do anything wrong. I was framed by Cap Sanders. Cap Sanders? He was hired as wagon master. Every night he posted guards to watch for dangerous redskins. Two Indian dangerous, but Crow Indian friendly. One of our best friends is chief of the Crow Indians who live north of here. Dave, I want to hear how you were framed, but first we'll prepare a meal. Oh, I'm near starved. During the meal, Dave told about being on guard duty during a dark night when he saw two men sneaking beyond the circle of wagons. So I followed them. They met a third man, and I got close enough to hear their voices. One was Cap Sanders, and another the guide he'd hired. We called him Dakota Dick. The man they met was an Indian. Could you hear what was said? I was there only a minute, and then I sneezed. Cap Sanders and Dakota Dick rushed at me, grabbed me, and disarmed me. They were raving mad. What about the Indian? He disappeared. Dakota Dick wanted to shoot me. But Sanders said that'd be hard to explain. He said he had a better way of getting rid of me. They took me to camp, roused the men, and accused me of sleeping on guard duty. I wonder why they wanted to get rid of you. I don't know. Unless they thought I overheard something they wanted kept secret. Did you? No. The Indian jabbered something I couldn't understand. And Sanders told him to mosey along. Mosey along? Yes. He said, mosey along, you engine. Walk on. It sounded odd. That's why I remembered it. Oh. Maybe him talk Sioux Indian language. Maybe him say, mosey on, you Indian. Walk on. That's it. Sanders told the Indian to make an attack at a landmark known as Medicine Rock. Medicine Rock? The wagons are supposed to reach there tonight. And Sanders is working with two Indians to attack the pioneers. They must be warned. I'll try to overtake the wagons. You go with you? No, Toto. I'll make better time alone. You stay with Dave. Easy, steady, big fella. Monsilver! afternoon when the Lone Ranger overtook the train of covered wagons. He drew abreast of the first one in the line. Easy, Silver, easy. And shouted to the driver. Frisbee! Are you Jim Frisbee? Yes, I... Your mask! No time to explain the mask now. There may be an ambush ahead. Stop the wagons while I tell you about it. Stop the wagons! The wagons were halted at the foot of a long hill. Jim Frisbee and men from other wagons listened while the Lone Ranger told about the possible ambush at Medicine Rock in the valley ahead. It's just beyond that hill. You're within a couple of miles of the place. Two of our men rode ahead. If there's any sign of trouble, they'll come back and lead us over a different route. Otherwise, we'll go on as we planned. Are Cap Sanders and Dakota Dick the men who went ahead? Yes. Frisbee, if my information is correct, they're helping the Indians plan the ambush. Why would they do that? For money. If you people are massacred, they'll be able to take your cash and let the Indians have your horses and supplies. They're not crooks. I'm sure they are. I'd say you're the crook. What's your game? Yeah, what's the Lone Ranger realized when he heard the angry comments that he could never persuade the men to follow him over a different trail that would lead safely past the dangerous valley. Where'd you get your information? Nothing I might say would convince you that I've told the hey, truth. Hey, look! The top of the hill! Engines! They're show engines! They're on the warfare! They're coming this way! Now you must fight. I'll help you. Form a circle! Yeah, Two as the Indians rode down the long hill, the Lone Ranger helped the pioneers quickly move the wagons into a tight circle. Then the gunfire started. The savages, who quickly outnumbered the pioneers, circled around the wagons, firing from the backs of their horses. The Lone Ranger fought at the side of Jim Frisbee. 
first attack was driven off. The Indians withdrew to the hilltop. The Lone Ranger watched them through binoculars. Then said, Frisbee, look through these glasses. You'll see Cap Sanders and Dakota Dick talking to the Indians. They're double-crossers. You were right about them. They double-crossed you, and they lied about Dave Wingate falling asleep at his post. How'd you know about Wingate? I met him on the trail. During the lull in battle, the Lone Ranger told how he had met Dave Wingate and learned of the attack. Then the Indians near the hilltop, out of gun range, showed signs of activity. They're starting another attack. We've used more than half our ammunition. Get set, boys! We'll go down fighting! Here they come! Every man inside the circle of wagons knew that the end was near. Make every shot count! The Indians knew it, too. They felt that victory was in their grasp. When suddenly, new war cries sounded from the north. Look over there. More Indians coming. Those are friendly Indians. They're members of a Crow tribe. You mean they're on our side? Yes. Toddles riding beside the chief. And there's Dave Wingate. Boys, we're saved. Never mind sparing the ammunition. Let them have it. Toto and his friends changed the tide of battle quickly. Many Indians went down. The others tried to flee, but they were hotly pursued by the crows. And it was easy to see that none would escape. That night, in the light of campfires, Jim Frisbee told the pioneers how Dave Wingate had been unfairly punished. And, man, I say every one of us owes his life to Dave. That's right, Jim. Yeah, I, I didn't, didn't do anything. We owe our lives to Toto and the Lone Ranger. Thanks for tuning in to another successful, well, modestly successful episode of the Afternoon Radio Theater Sunday. Monica will be back with you next week, and uh, hopefully she'll feel better in the meantime. Uh, like I said, y'all can pray for her relief um, at the hands of this nasty migraine. Um, but aside from that, Remember, you can always subscribe to the channel, uh, follow us on our page, our Facebook page, and on Twitter. But above all, you can also catch Whose Blind Life Is It Anyway podcast. Again, we are on most podcast catchers. So if you want to catch Arts, the Afternoon Radio Theater Sunday, and all the other shows, you can do so on our Whose Blind Life Is It Anyway podcast. If you just want to subscribe to the Afternoon Radio Theater Sunday podcast, that's also out there. So ask your Alexa or your uh, podcast catcher to play Afternoon Radio Theater Sunday. Uh, or you can look at the link in the description box, and that'll take you to the transistor page for uh, the Afternoon Radio Theater Sunday. And um, hopefully you can subscribe that way. So, uh, as Monica would say, y'all come back now here. <laughs>